I want us to uh, keep our Rama Bonwatu in our prayers. Uh, they had what I guess we would we call it a hurricane. I think they call it a typhoon. It's about a would have probably be about a category five, I think. And the buildings are okay, but they rained for and the water was for 24 hours, and they're without power and so forth. And uh, they're trying to clean it up. But the the one thing they said, a lot of all the signs were blowing down, but the Rama sign is still up. <laughs> it's intact. <laughs> But they, we need to pray for them. They're, they don't have any power and they're trying to get some drinking water. They did get the directors there. They just had a, a, a baby and they did get them into a place where they could uh, be, get water and so forth and so on. But I want you to keep them in prayer. We might keep all of our Rhema people in prayer all over, all over the world. We've got them all over the world. I know the... The pickets were just here at the Winter Bible, and I know there have been some stuff going on there in Iraq that uh, we need to keep them in prayer. They're, they're under the gun all of the time. So praise the Lord. Amen. I'm, I get reports from the different schools at different times, different ones. Where, well, they report to all of our directors, but some of them get, text me every once in a while. And so... Uh, I just wanted us to, you know, we are the base and we need to keep all of our schools and and churches around the world. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, as you can see, it's communion Sunday. And uh, I want you to hold up your Bible or hold up your device and say that I am who the Bible says I am. I have what the Bible says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Now I didn't, that's not originally with me, John. If you, if you ever been in John Osteen's meetings, he used to do that quite a bit. You know, the reason I said that is because it's because of the communion that we have everything we have. You know, it's because of who we are in Christ. You know, you meet some, talk to some people and even Christians and they talking about what they want to be and should be and could be or going to be. And they have longings and great desires and good intentions. But unless you know who you are in Christ, you're, <laughs> you're always talking like that. When you understand who you're in, who you are in Christ, you're talking about what you can do, what you have, and what's uh, going to happen because you're in Christ. Now, many people want to say, "Well, what do you mean in Christ?" Well, one great scholar said it like this: This analogy that he had: We cannot live our physical lives unless we're in air and the air in us. And we cannot live our, unless we're in Christ and Christ is in us, we cannot live the life of God. You know, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty evident, right? If you want to live this life, you got to breathe oxygen. If you want to 
if you want to live the life that Christ has for you, you got to have Christ in you, be in you. Now, the reason here, actually, Christ became the per- perfect sacrifice for our sins. And it, it all goes back to the beginning when the lamb was slain there in Egypt for the Israelites to get out of Egypt. That's what it all goes back to. And then it comes to the community. They had a, they had a feast and so forth. I've explained that before. So, but, uh, then Jesus established this, we call the communion. This is for us Christians. And then he, Christ died. He rose again and he's seated in heaven by the right hand of the father as a representative for us. In other words, God looks at all humanity through Christ. And Galatians 2 20 tells us that we were crucified with Christ. Romans 6, 4 and 5 tell us that we were buried with Christ. And Ephesians 2 6 says we arose with Christ in his resurrection. And then it says we are seated in heavenly places. So then if we begin to look at this, then his death become our death. His burial become our burial. His resurrection become our resurrection. See, we died to sin and we were raised to life. His righteousness becomes our righteousness. His ascension became our ascension. His seat become our seat because the Bible says we are seated in heavenly places with Christ because of who we are. His victory became our victory. His life is our life. His blessing became our blessing. Everything that God gave to Christ became ours through our accepting him as our Lord and Savior, and then we are, we are in Christ. Now, why did all of this have to happen? Because the man that God created, the people, Adam and Eve, that God created, when the enemy came to them, the devil came to them, they sold out to him. And so then humanity lost its relationship with God. That's what it says in the Bible. You go read it there in Genesis. It says that, that God came down in the evening and walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the garden, but he kicked them out of the garden because they had sinned. So sin entered the world through Adam and Eve. But through Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, and we that receive him now are once again united with him in Christ. You know, my dad used to say, you know, he and everybody talks about his faith and his love walk. But, you know, one of the things that he taught as much as he taught on faith and most people didn't get a hold of. And he said, 
is, uh, in fact, that's the authority of the believer is because of who we are in Christ. He says people need to understand who they are in Christ and live the life because of who they are in Christ and what they can do. You know, we have to find out who we are in Christ in order to accomplish anything. You know, because Christ, death, burial, and resurrection left us a hair, uh, 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 I don't know, it, it, it's, like, it's like when you get left something in a will. You know, uh, Charles Spurgeon, the great English preacher, he was visiting one of his elderly members one day and she was very sick, lived in an old house that was, you know, rain that came through, the wind blowing through it. And uh, she had to, she was very ill and she was covered up with blankets trying to stay warm. She was dying because of malnutrition. And as Spurgeon was there, he's glancing around the room and he saw a document on the wall. And we looked at it a little bit and finally he asked her, he said, where did you get this? And she said, well, the English noble lady that noble lady that I was worked for for a half a century gave that to me. And it's very, very important to me. And uh, Spurgeon asked her, said, could I take this and have the lawyer's name that's on this document to, to look at it. So he took it there and the lawyer said, we've been looking for this document. It's part of her last will and testament. And the lady had left this woman, a beautiful house, a monthly allowance. And yet she was living in poverty when she could have been living in luxury. Now, there are many Christians doing the same thing because they don't understand the document of who they are in Christ. Anybody getting anything out of this? You see, our daily living is in Christ. In fact, everything we do is in Christ. Some of us oh, it's all spiritual. No, no, in the natural too. You see, he is important. He is concerned about our natural life as much as he is the spiritual life. And he says that he wanted us to have life and have it more abundantly. That's not talking about spiritual. That's talking about our natural life. And when you go and study the word of God, you find out, all of the things that God promised to Abraham. And when you go over into Galatians, Paul says, because we're in Christ, the blessings of Abraham had come on us. Now we got to look at this and see that, that Abraham was, and the Jewish nation was physic. That's the physical descendants but because in there in Galatians 3, it said, if you're Abraham's seed, then you are heirs to the promise. So we become the spiritual descendants and therefore everything that we have in Christ, 
It's in Christ. See, we, we, we talked about this a while ago. We're crucified with Christ. Galatians 3.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, flesh, that's natural. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, some people always say, oh, I got to crucify sin. Why you got to crucify sin? It was already crucified on the cross. All you got to do is accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Come on now. You know, and then in Christ, it talks about that we become a new person. The Bible says new creation. I like to just put the person in there instead of creation. That way, you know, we all know that. Second Corinthians 5, 17, you can quote it by heart. No use me to read it to you. You know, that scripture doesn't say anything about should be, wanting to be, trying to be. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is, or they are a new person period. And then the Bible goes on and talks to us and tells us that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Some people always talk about it, want, to, want to get righteous. It says we're already righteous. What does righteous mean in the first place? Right standing with God. That's all it is. You know, some people want to but well, it's because you don't do this and you don't do that and you don't do the other. And there are some don'ts in the word of God, but you know, we have to live in line with the word. No, righteousness seems simply means being in right standing with God. Okay. Now, and then, you know, it talks about being justified by faith and, uh, we don't have to do anything for our justification. Christ has already done it when he died on the cross and we have this table that represents that, okay? So I am justified. I'm not trying to be or want to be, I am. And you know, when we begin to look at this Ephesians 1, 3 through 13, it's, it's talking about who we really are in Christ. Not going to be, want to be, someday, some happy day it's going to be. Many people, you know, and, and, and I, as bless their hearts, many people didn't understand this. I was a kid growing up. People are always singing by, by and by. It's going to be better. Someday, some happy day. Well, someday is now. I thank God for that day that we will see Jesus and we will be there in heaven on high. But hey, I want to I wanna tell you that when you understand who you are in Christ and what you have in Christ and what you can live, how you can live in Christ, uh, I want to tell you what, that's having heaven to go to heaven in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hello. Come on now. You know, <laughs> it says here, we're blessed 
in heavenly places in Christ. We're blessed. And then it says, we are chosen in him. And then it says, we've been adopted into the God's family. See, we are not the original descendants, but we have been adopted. And through adoption, you become a part of the original. I read it somewhere. I, I don't know whether it's really true or not. I just read this statement and they say it's true, but I don't know. But they said that a, a father can disown a natural son, but an adopted son, he has to leave him at least a dollar. I don't know whether that's true or not. But they can't disown an adopted son. That's, I read that somewhere. I don't know whether it's true or not. It's probably, it may be just somebody's wishful thinking. I don't know. But it really sounds good for us because we've been adopted by God so he can't disown us. <laughs> we can disown him by walking away from him but he'll never walk away with, from you because the word of God says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Hello. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. This table, that juice that we will take in a few minutes is a representation that goes back, like I said, to when Israel was delivered from Egypt and they put the blood over the door and God said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And then Christ went to Calvary and he became the supreme sacrifice. You see, they had to kill a lamb and they sacrificed it and so forth. I've talked about it before. I'm not gonna talk about it again. But now he goes to the cross and he sheds his blood. And where it says that we have been redeemed by that shed blood, that was the supreme sacrifice that was offered for our sin. Now, somebody said, did Christ become sin? No, the Bible plainly says that God made him to be sin. He didn't sin. He took sin upon himself and went to that cross. And now we can live the life of God in Christ. You know, you need to actually begin to understand being in Christ. And just as you, just as you make I, I know in the, we, people do it all the time. They make daily confessions, you know, faith confessions and different things. We do it and my wife and I do it. You know, I, I all the time, every, just about, just every time I pray over my, my meal, I 
invoke the 91st Psalm over all of my family. My kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids, because that's my right and privilege as the patriarch of the family. We need to begin to realize that we make confessions of faith. How many of you make confessions of faith every day? We make confessions and we've been taught about confession and it's very important and it's part of receiving from God but we need to every day make confessions about who you are in Christ. Now you can go through the list and there's 30 some odd things that you can, you can say. So what? If there's 30 of them, I think I got a list somewhere and I got 30 of them on there. Then, then, then there's one, one day for every day that's 30, when it's a month with 30 days in it, then you got one for every day. Hello. But there's one that you should always say every day. I am the righteousness of God in Christ and I can live and have everything that the word of God says is mine because I'm in Christ. That's something that you should say. say you, want to, you want the enemy to know that you know who you are. I do something all the time <laughs> and people look at me, but I, I, I look up at, at, I go up to an adult and I say, Oh, what was your name yesterday? And they'll start, they look at you sort of funny and start, uh, instead of answering you, you woke up to a seven, eight year old kid. What was your name yesterday? They're like, Bill or Jim or John or Sue. They'll tell you their name. You see, as adults, when somebody asks a question like that, we start trying to figure out, well, what's the catch here? What's going on? What, you know, they, hey, they, that's who I am. So you, they just automatically respond. You see, the enemy will do everything he can to get you off course so that you're questioning. He'll give you all kinds of uh, scenarios so you start to question who you are. Oh, see, you're not good enough. That's why, that's why that's not happening in your life. Now, you ought to just be glad that you got saved. Now, don't expect anything. Just be glad you're saved. Hello. That's one of his tricks to get you to living beneath what you need to live. My dad used to say all the time, you, you, can't, you can't live higher than your confession. You will rise to what your confession is, what you believe. Hello? You know, Sometimes in athletics, they say that a team plays to the level of the other team they're playing. If they're not playing a very good team, they usually don't play very good. Why? Because they say, oh, I don't, I, don't, I, I don't have to play good today. I just, just, and you go out there and sometimes they lose. The enemy wants us, he does everything he can 
to get us out of our living in Christ. Living in Christ. You have got to understand because of who you are in Christ, everything in this, you can do everything that it says in here. You can have everything that it says in here. Why? Because of who you are in Christ. It is so important that your confession consists of who you are in Christ. You know, the devil will do everything he can to get you to focus on something else. Anybody ever notice that? He will challenge you. Who are you? Listen, is that really so? Are you really who you say? Are, are you really that? Are you really the righteousness of God in Christ? Righteous? Well, you just got upset the other day. That's not being righteous. That ain't got nothing to do with it. You know, it's so funny that we're always talking about the devil is a liar. And yet when he comes around with us through the ear gate or what somebody says about us, we start going the other direction rather than not paying any attention to it because the devil's a liar anyway. You know, the old... Pentecostal testimony services. You know, I've heard it many times as a kid. We get up, testify. They say, praise the Lord. And they say, say, well, the devil's been after me all day long. Y'all pray for me. Praise his holy name. (laughs) I mean, they just got up and they're testifying about Oh, God's so good and he's blessing me. But the devil been after me all day. Y'all pray for me. The devil's going to always be after you. You got to learn to live who you are in Christ above him. Come on. Anybody, Anybody ever been in a testimony service where somebody said that? Let me see your hand. Yeah, I got a few of you been there. If you had, if you had never been there, just thank the Lord. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say this again. I said it a while ago, but I'm going to say it again. You can't rise any higher in life than your confession of who you are in Christ. I've heard my dad say that many, many times. You can't rise any higher in life than your confession of who you are in Christ. What you have in Christ, what you can do through Christ, and what you're going to do in Christ. You know, when you confess in Christ, it sets you on a platform to succeed. You know... Many times people will say, because 
of their position in life that they have a, a, a great platform on which to demonstrate the life of Christ. Well, let me tell you something. Every one of you have a great platform to demonstrate to everybody around you your life in Christ. And you don't even have to open your mouth. Just live the life in Christ. Like somebody was saying, they said to this person, you're, why are you, you're happy all the time. And I know that you, I know you and I know things going on in your life and yet you're happy. And that person said, because I'm in Christ. I don't have to be down. Sure, I have problems and you got them too. But in Christ, you don't have to be down. All you know, know is that because you're in Christ, he will take care of the situation and you can live your life. Being in Christ positions you to have everything that Christ purchased with that blood on Calvary's hill. When you begin to confess who you are in Christ, it releases the power of God to accomplish what you have been believing for. You know, the idea I'm trying to get across to you is that your position in Christ sets you apart from everybody else. All of us are in Christ and we're all set apart in Christ for our own lives that God wants us to live. God does not want a bunch of clones. He wants individuals that know who they are in Christ, living the life of Christ that he has directed them to live. Hello? You know, it's very evident. My dad was in Christ and he had, and he, he had his life. I'm in Christ. And my name's Kenneth Hagin too. But I'm not him. But I'm living my life in Christ. The way Christ wants me to. I had somebody, they said, well, you're not like your dad. I said, no, I'm not. Because I'm me. You know, that's what each of us need to get a hold of. That's who we are in Christ. Craig can't be me, Denise can't be me. They've got to live their life in Christ the way God directs them and you got to do the same thing. It's sort of like, I think, well, I think it was Craig and everybody was saying when he was little, 
who who did you know who he looked like? He looked like this one or that one or so forth. Finally, he he was I don't know how old he was, four or five, I think. And he said, "I look like me." <laughs> See, you need to get comfortable with who you are in Christ in who you are. I people all the time say, oh man. And I, I see people, they try to imitate some, some preacher or something and try to talk like him and act like him. Anybody ever seen that happen? You know, some people, <laughs> it's real funny. I, they get, I, I see them. They, it's not as much as it used to because the years have passed, but they used to, and for some of you can't see on this side, but he, he was forever getting his toes over the edge of the deal. Anybody ever seen that? How many ever seen Brother Hagin do that? And, and he had sat there and teach and twiddle his thumbs. Anybody ever seen that? Yeah. Have you ever seen anybody else try to imitate him and do that? I see some hands. I have. And then they try to talk like him. Some of them do a pretty good job of it. <laughs> we had one boy here at school one time. I forget what his name is. I mean, he, he could sound almost like, <laughs> like him. Uh, there was uh, somebody used to work here for us, and they could imitate Phil Anglin. Where's Phil? Yeah. And uh, they, uh, huh? Greg Stevens. Greg Stevens, yeah. He could so imitate Phil that he could go, he could get his voice, he could get Phil's messages or, or what. God don't want imitators. God don't want spectators. He wants participators in Christ doing what he has asked you to do. Not what somebody else. That's what this table is all about. Somebody, somebody said to me one time, said, man, you can, you, you preach a lot on communion. I said, how do you do that? Hey, I said, it's easy. That everything that we preach goes back to this table right here. Everything we have, everything we are goes back to what this represents. And when we're partaking of it, we are showing forth who we are in Christ because of what he has done for us. Hello now. Anybody getting anything out of this? You know, Christ made it a possibility because of what he did at Calvary for you to have everything this book says. Everything. Everything. Oh yeah, but you don't know my situation. No, I don't, but I know what this book says. Sort of like the song that I had Brother Charles sing here at, at camp meeting. I can't make the blind to see or the lame to walk, but I know a man who can. 
I don't know your problem. I don't know your situation. I don't know your circumstances, but I know a place that you can go that you can find the answer for everything in Christ. Hello. I've been preaching long enough. Everybody stand up. You know, sometimes some people, people preach a long time, but sometimes you can say a whole lot in a short length of time. All right. Everybody say this with me. I am crucified with Christ. I'm a new person in Christ. I'm a child of God. I'm a member of God's family. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I am blessed because I'm in Christ. I'm adopted into the family by Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I am justified by faith and I am sealed by the promise of the Holy Spirit. Do you really believe that or did you just say it because I told you to? Hallelujah. Bow your heads for just a moment. Maybe you could not make that confession with us because you're not in Christ. You've never accepted him as your personal savior. Or you know what it is to accept him and be in Christ, but you've just turned and walked away. He didn't walk away from you. You walked away from him and you need to rededicate your life to God. Are you in this place this morning? You say, I'm born of the spirit. I'm in Christ, but I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. According to Acts chapter two, verse number four. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with tongues, and the Spirit gave them utterance. Anybody on any one of those three invitations, I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you this morning. Let me see your hand anywhere, upstairs, downstairs, anywhere in the room, anywhere in this room right now. This is your time to get into Christ or to get back into Christ or to receive the blessed infilling of the Holy Spirit, anybody, anywhere in this room. Father, if there be one person or the sound of my voice in this room are listening and watching, may the Holy Spirit deal with them until they stop and accept your son as the Lord and Savior of their life. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.